Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hello and welcome to the Roku Poll Exiles podcast. I'm Brett Lyons-Davis and today on the pod we'll be talking about, well, the main big story, Phil Parkinson, the new gaffer. We'll also be mentioning the Exiles are off to Wickham this weekend. Our brand new and exciting game made by one of the guests and I'm calling it Playing Away. And also some more of your stories on the road. <laughs> if this is your first time listening to the Exiles pod, we are Sunderland fans exiled across the globe. Some, like me, never lived in Sunderland and were cruelly raised by Sunderland supporting parents who gave me no choice in the matter. We have the likes of two of my guests today who are from Sunderland and moved away. And then we have lunatics who just picked us, we got under their skin, and they've never looked back. Speaking of which, here's Bomber from Colchester. Uh, not from Colchester, mate. Where are you from? <laughs> Gloucester. <laughs> it's all the same, isn't it? It's all the same. <laughs> Doesn't even sound like he's from Colchester. No. That closer. was so slick. <laughs> yeah. keep, keep, keep that in, Sean. Try again, mate. Right. Take two. Take two. <laughs> keep where it in, man. Where, where are you from? Gloucester. Gloucester, yeah. Gloucester. It's, it's, mate, Gloucester, yeah. Right. So Colchester's, I don't know, like two and a half hours away at least. Right. Speaking <laughs> of which, here's Bomber. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell! <laughs> you're from Gloucester. Gloucester, mate. I always have Gloucester. been. Yeah, the last three <laughs> times, the last three times you've introduced me, I've been from Gloucester as well. Oh, I, should, I, should have, I, should, I should have had that big. <laughs> Everybody needs a bomber pressing exit conversation. Everyone needs a. When you had to disappear because someone burst a truck into a caravan. That was unbelievable. That like. And then I had to explain to my boss the next day how I couldn't stay at the scene when it happened because I had a podcast to record. <laughs> <laughs> priorities, Niall, priorities. And the podcast didn't even get released. Well, <laughs> you're... Uh, we need to carry on, by the way. Yeah. Is... Speaking of which, here's Bomber. From Gloucester. <laughs> nah, Hello, speaks. Brett. Hello, Brett. Here again. Happy to be uh, here. How are you, Bomber? You well? I'm very well, yeah. Not too bad at all. Good man, thank you very much for joining us. Um, we've also got, um, well, well, when I say we are across the globe, we've got Martin Wanless all the way from Australia. Hello, Martin. Good morning, good afternoon, wherever it is. How are we all? We're very good, mate. Well, at the moment, it is Thursday evening. So, what time are you there? Yeah, six o'clock Friday morning. Six o'clock Friday Early morning. Start. 
blimey. And I must have just put, just say, we actually were going to record this yesterday, so we've got you up twice, two days running, haven't we? But you got I thought, me up. I, I went, went back to bed for half an hour yesterday, but that's, that's all good. Yes, unfortunately. It was Phil, Phil Parkinson, you know, delayed his uh, coming just basically to get you back to, you know, lose some sleep. That's right. Um, right. Thank, and, thank you, Phil. Yeah, thank you very much, Phil. Um, and lastly, by no means least, we are joined by Niall Bromley, normally in the south of France, but today you're back over here. How are you doing, Noel? I'm good. I am in the sunny Bly. It's lovely here. So you've left this because you're south of France, aren't you? I am, yeah, yeah. I've just, uh, I've just popped. Well, I haven't been back in the UK for nine months, so I've just popped back for a few weeks. And um, obviously, um, you're, you're uh, on our little road trip on uh, Saturday, aren't you? Going to the game. What are you talking about? That's the only reason I've come home, man. <laughs> I've only so come home. You're drinking Carlin on Saturday. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> do, do you have to tell everybody? Like, oh, yeah, we'll go. <laughs> In come the stick. Yeah, I'm drinking a couple of cans of Carlin. Fair play to you, mate. Fair play to you. Now, and so far, I have interest because I know we, I mentioned this to um, Martin the previous one about sort of like his kids having sort of like Sunderland shirts and things like that. Yourself, how does that go down to like with the locals in France? You know, a, a Macum. Well, I mean, nobody has a clue who we are really, and uh, nine times out of ten, which is um, I've actually got a story which kind of yeah, which kind of proves that it was last year I was in Montpellier, which is a little bit. Uh, west of where I, where I was this year. Basically, I, I was I was it was World Cup final day and France were playing Croatia and my phone was knackered. So I says, oh, before the game, I still had work to do and stuff. I says, I'll go walk down to town. You know, I'll get myself get my phone fixed and that. So I left and walking down the road, I was wearing my Sunderland shirt and there was a bunch of Croatians who must have been on holiday. So they're all singing and they've got the you know the horns and stuff and going mental and drinking. And the, the, the scene, my red and white shirt, and I think, well, that pissed. They must have thought, this is another Croatian. I mean, I, I, I mean, I look nothing <laughs> like a Croatian. Like, I, I mean, at the end of the day, I don't know how they thought that's going to come over. And they're, they're circling, isn't that Playing their horns and all that, and they're dancing and singing. And then, so I'm thinking, all right, nice. So I, I dance and sing with them and start shouting <laughs> with them. So then they're like, where, where are you from? And I says, oh, I'm, I'm English. She says, oh, you want to be at? And I'm thinking, oh, you know, it is. My girlfriend's back in the, um, you know, doing work. I've still got work to do. My phone's broken. I should really, you know, if I want to watch the match, I should really get myself sorted. So, uh, of course, I had a beer. Um, so it's a silly yeah, question. God. Yeah, get a beer over. So I ended up having this beer. Bearing in mind, my phone's knackered, so I kind of get in touch with my girlfriend or anyone to see where I am. So... Four hours later, in a probably about seven Jager bombs later, I'm in a bar with all these uh, with these Croatians going absolutely mental, going crazy. And then, like you say, it was it was time for the game to kick off, so I ended up ended up going back to where I was working to go to the bar to watch the game. Totally, like you say, phone still in that guy. work still hasn't been done. I've got my uh, girlfriend comes to the bar. She says, "Where have you been all day?" So I says, "Well, the the offer is a beer." So you know, I couldn't say no. They've offered us a, a free beer and I've been drinking the guys with them and I just got absolutely hammered all day with these Croatians, like <laughs> totally random, totally random. And yeah, I wasn't in the good books with my girlfriend, like, or, or my boss by that. By that. But um, yeah, it was it was a really good day, a little bit random, but that's probably the only time I've ever, because of what I was wearing, I've ever ended up getting noticed and being pulled into something. Well, free beers wearing a Sunderland shirt's not bad, is it? So. Oh, I thought it was a Croatia shirt, like, but I... <laughs> 
<laughs> but it wasn't yeah, Carly's no, that day, was it? No, no, it wasn't. Like, see, we're on the Jaegers and that, man. It, it was like in the morning. It was like, <laughs> I'm on Jaegers and just with these random ass, these random Croatians or metal in the street. I haven't got a coat. Wait, that day was a bit of a blur, to be honest with you. Like. But it was, it was a good day. It was a good day. Yeah, good day. Exactly the same sort of day you're going to have at Wickham, then, I suppose. Less Croatian. Right, let's talk about, though, the big story of the day. Um, obviously, Phil Parkinson has taken over the reins. It's, to say he's uh, split opinions is, um, yeah, quite clear to see. Um, promoted with Bolton, promoted with Colchester, promoted with Bradford, also took to a League Cup final. Martin, I'll start with you. What's your initial thoughts? You know, is, are, you, are you behind him? Oh, look, I think um, now it's all done and dusted. We, we're obviously all, all going to be behind him and hope he does bloody well because we need to go up however we we do it. Ultimately, I, I just think it shows how far we've um, we've sunk, really. I think it's a really League One appointment. Yes, I know we're a bloody League One size. That's really another sign that we're behaving like a League One club. I think there was so many potential other opportunities to get somebody in who would really galvanise the whole club um, and we've we've missed it but look some of the things you read about him from fans of other clubs sound sound pretty good others don't sound too good I was on a Bolton Wanderers forum last night to gauge their opinion and I felt like throwing the bloody iPad out of the um, out the window so I think it's one of those it's done and we have to see how it goes really I don't think anyone's you know with the fans at the moment I know, I've seen a few people put on Twitter and, and almost saying look we've got to get behind him I do think that's a it's a bit of a silly statement to make. I think we all you know say we all support Sunderland. If he does well, Sunderland have done well. Um, that's right. And, and then that's what what we all want. Bomber yourself, um, I know you say you've sort of made comments about it o- online, but you know where? How do you feel about him coming on board? So I didn't really know how I felt about it. So uh, as I, as you said, I, I wrote an article for Oka Report and I put something on, and it was quite clear that my favourite at the time was was Paul Cook. Um, when it was quite clear that he wasn't coming and it was down to the kind of an, an Ainsworth Parkinson scenario, I was a bit non-fussed about it, really. And when the announcement came out this morning, I was kind of like, OK, right. So I, I wasn't really I wasn't really too down about it. And but re- equally, it didn't really excite me. And I think that's kind of at risk of getting a few pelters back. That's kind of what we need. You know, we need some of the hype to be taken away. The, oh, yes, the expectation is going to be there, but we don't need a manager who's going to come in and be a, and be bigger than the club and be a big fish in a in, in a small league you know we need somebody who knows the league we need somebody who knows how to get out of the league and yeah okay he might do the job and he might struggle in the championship but then there's nothing stopping us in 18 months time or two years time going right okay he's served his purpose we now need a proven championship manager to get us out of that, to that next level and I think fans need to look at it at stages it's not a case of Parkinson's coming in and he's going to be our man for the next six years to hopefully take us to the Premier League. Because in reality, he's probably not going to do that. But what he can do is make us a bloody good League One team with a bit of an identity and, you know, with a proven track record of getting people out of this league. He came into Bolton, which has been an absolute shit show for however many years. In his first season, he got manager there a month, I think three times in that season. I think he got it twice in the first three months in charge. His first time of, of asking, got him out of League One, despite not being able to sign any players because Bolton had a transfer embargo going on, so they, he could only get free transfers or loans. And in those same conditions, he kept them up in the Championship. I think they only made one sign-in 
in that summer that actually cost any money. I think they spent like 200 grand, grand on McGuinness. The rest were free transfers and loans. And he galvanised that club to the point at which they, they they were solid. They were Yes, they didn't do very well last season or the last season in the championship. But the season before that, he managed to keep them up on next to nothing. And that's exactly what we need. We need somebody who, who knows the league can get us out of it and then can help keep us up. So am I excited by it? No, not particularly. Do I think it's the right appointment? Yeah, possibly. And if you look at what he's done with Bradford, you know, he got into a League Cup final. Bradford, a third tier club, got him into a League Cup final um, and, and got them promoted as well out of a, fin- a seventh place finish. So I'm I'm going to get behind him. I can't wait to see to see the guys on Saturday um, against Wickham. And um, I'm quite pleased I'm going to be there for his first game. No, and I think, say, um, as I said previously, the, the crowd, one thing on Saturday, no matter who you can say, it, it, the decision, it, it, didn't, it doesn't get the blood pumping. I think you know we can agree no. on that, yeah. but the crowd on Saturday will no doubt you know be more than up for this game. You know you can read whatever you want on Twitter, but when in real life, the Sunderland fans will give him a hundred percent. You know, Niall, and I do think he's got a little bit of a he's got to get winning quickly. But for yourself, you know, what were your thoughts on it? Can you know has he got a honeymoon period at all? You know, does he got has he got to win games instantly, or you know will he have a bit of saving grace? It's a great appointment. I think it's a great appointment. Um, to be honest, people are saying they're not excited by it. I am. I am excited by it. This guy knows this league inside out. He's won this league. You know what I mean? He, he knows the football league. He's been at big clubs like Bolton, like Charlton, like Hull. And he didn't do well at Hull and Charlton. You know, he, he's got all that experience of not doing well in these leagues. And he can, he can build from it and he's learning from it. And at the end of the day, for me, personally, I think... The, the owners have obviously looked at the fact that, you know, yeah, it, it, we don't need to pay compensation for a Gareth Ainsworth or, you know, or someone like that. You don't need to do it or, or a Paul Cook because we've got a guy who knows the league inside out, like I've just said. He's done remarkable things in the past. He got Bradford to the League, to the league Cup final. They, they were League 2 at the time. They beat Arsenal in the running. They beat Aston Villa, who were a Premier League team at the time. Like, this guy, yeah, he, he might, you know... It, it might not be uh, this massive, you know, it's not Roy Keane and it's not Kevin Phillips and it's not one that people want for nostalgia. But, you know, he, he's got everything that he needs in the bank to make this work. And I, I really don't understand a lot of people who are a bit down about it, are a bit upset about it. I, I, I seriously don't think there is a reason to. But you, because of that, you are right in what you're saying. He, he doesn't have a honeymoon period. I think if we do lose on Saturday... You know, he's going to have to win every game after that. Otherwise, people will turn already against him because, like you say, people aren't sure. But for me, I think it's a fantastic appointment and I'm, I'm delighted with it. Yeah, so I, I was saying, oh, look, I, admittedly, I wasn't necessarily excited by it, but I don't see that as a negative. I think that's exactly what we need is somebody yeah. who's actually not going to get everybody carried away. And actually, hopefully, people will take a step back and go, do you know what? He has got the pedigree in this league. So, Let's just trust him. Let's just trust that the owners know what they're doing. Let's just trust that Phil Parkinson knows what he's doing. No, Bommy, on with it. No, Bommy, I totally right because, like you say, it, it keeps heads level, doesn't it? And, yeah. And that's the beautiful thing about this. But, like, for me personally, it, it doesn't keep my head level up because I just think it's a great appointment. I think it's so, like, not, not sensible in the sense how, how Simon Grayson was a sensible appointment, hmm. but sensible in the sense that his CV is just, it was just the best for the job. And, and we haven't had to pay compensation because, like I say, he, he was already there and we haven't had to go get your poor cook. Uh, yeah, I, I'm for it. Yeah, if we lose one next five games, fair enough. <laughs> Whatever. But 
seriously, I'm delighted. I'm delighted with it. Totally, I'm I think delighted. it's a, so. I think it's a positive that um, Stuart Donald had a a very popular choice begging for the job in Phillips Lake, and that would have been an easy appointment for him to make. Popularity would have been fine. Yeah. The crowd would have been behind him for ten games at, at least. He would have given had a, a grace period, and he's he's chosen a, what he knows is going to be an unpopular option, which kind of gives me a bit of confidence that it could be the right one. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's un, it's unjustified why it's why it's unpopular. I think it's it's a little bit. It doesn't make much sense to me. But like you say, like Kevin Phillips come out talk sport, didn't he? And he's saying, you know, I applied for the job, I wanted the job. But Kevin Phillips, if you know, he might need a few more years doing what he's doing, and, and then Kevin Phillips can come in. Whereas at the minute, I want. Yeah, I would love Phillips there. I love Kevin Phillips. I grew up with Kevin Phillips, but the way that this club is at the minute, because we're uncertain what's happening with takeovers and stuff like that, we need someone who knows what he's doing has experience, knows the league, and Phil Parkinson ticks every single one of them boxes. Yeah. I think I think the reason that like I, I'm I'm frustrated that we're in this position to appoint Phil Parkinson, to be honest, rather than the appointment itself. Because you look at the start of last season, the only possible positive about going down was gonna be building something that would see us, you know, do us well longer term, build a system, build a young group of players who were gonna grow and flourish with us. And we haven't done it. And we're back in the position where in October we're thinking, oh shit, this season isn't going to plan. We need a, a different, a different route, and it's just the same, same, same thing as we've had for the past 10, 15 years. Yeah. No, no. So, there's been some absolutely fantastic points raised, and I'll be honest, I can't help not you know listening to Niall when I'm excited already about Saturday. <laughs> I think anyone who's listened to what Niall talk then has literally blown any kind of self-doubt away. <laughs> and I think we're now going to literally go out and win about 5-0, just literally hearing Niall's passion there. Probably um, and uh, it's going to be a, it's going to backfire massively. Isn't it? We're going to be three nil. Gareth Ainsworth's going to be able to do a lot of run on this Well, well, um, love every, every, all the Sunderland fans on Saturday driving to the game. We'll have this podcast on listening to it, feeling about ten foot high because of <laughs> just because of what. All because of Niall. All because of Niall. <laughs> Well yeah. done, Niall. Happy to be here, lads. Happy to be here. <laughs> so, I, I suppose, and it does become a difficult, difficult question, though, for Saturday now, where normally we'd sort of discuss the team and who we think will be sort of coming in, going out, where all of a sudden it's because Jack Ross was did get very predictable. And the amount of times that you know we were doing these pods and we could pretty much pick what he was going to do, we're into the unknown now, you know. Or like even you know does um, Parkinson all of a sudden go for Grig up front? Does he go for um, Wyke up front? You know, it, it's into the unknown a little bit for us. That's that's a massive question. That by the way, Brett, because like for me personally, the key is get Will Grigg scoring something to go get yeah. forward. If if you get yeah. the form out of Will Grigg, what he's shown every time he's been in this league, you know that's 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 what Phil Parkinson's probably looking at. But then he's got the headache because. Charlie White was a player he tried to sign and then Miles a lot when he was at Bolton. So maybe, I don't know, will he look at the, the you know, Niall Quinn, Kevin Phillips, big and little? Will, will he look at that? I, I don't know, but that that is going to be very interesting. But for me, the key is unlocking Will Grigg, setting him that's, back on fire. It is. That, that's the first thing he's got to sort out and it'll be, it will be really interesting to see what he does because he likes, apparently he likes to play with the um, one, one central striker and two two wingers. So it's it's going to be interesting to see what he does, but completely agree with Niall. I think I think Parkinson, like all the research, I say research in the loosest sense of the word that I've I've done, suggests that he prefers a big guy up top. And a lot of the Twitter backlash has been like, oh, it's it's going to be long ball football, and 
hoof it football and this, that and the other. It's worked for him. And to be honest, I just want to get out of League One. And if that means we play long balls up to Charlie White, who knocks them down and McNulty or Grigg or, uh, you know, McGeady scores the goals, I really couldn't care less how we play for the rest of this season if we're winning games. Um, I'll worry about our style of play and being actually entertained at a football match once we're in the Championship trying to push for, for the Premier League. But at the minute, I don't know about you three, but I, I'm getting sick of League One and I, I, I want to get out of here by hook or by crook. I've always said I, I couldn't care less how we played. If we won every game 1-0, I'm happy with that. Um, especially because I've never understood this. We're not privileged enough to have you know a team at the top top of the, of the Premier League where you know you're paying to get entertained we've got you know we want grafters who are going to put a shift in win football matches and as you say get out of League One that's the, the be all and end all has got to be to, as you say get out of this league yeah absolutely and if we win every single game the rest of the season 1-0 I'd be very very happy but I will move on um, let's say because we can't this weekend you know, we can't still go into too much detail of, you know, what his team's going to be. I think that'll be for, for future pods. Because of that, now, Martin, the other day in our WhatsApp group, came up with a fantastic idea. We all jumped on board of it. We're all 100% behind it. Um, a brand new feature for the podcast. Um, I've called it Playing Away, just because I did. Now, what we're going to do is, based on a, um, a Sunderland away game, from the past on this day. Now, as I said at the beginning of the show, we did actually start recording. We were meant to record this yesterday. So I actually picked a game on the 16th of October, 2011. It was Arsenal 2, Sunderland 1. Now, I'll give you a little bit of information about the game. Um, and so you can have a little think about sort of like who was playing. Because I want you three need to come up with the starting eleven. And see oh, if you can name God. all those players. So let's I'm gonna judge how good you are as Sunderland fans um and see what your history is like. So and disclaimer, say, if this is rubbish, it is all Martin's fault. 100% Completely my fault. Um so as I say, it was um Arsenal two, Sunderland one, 16th October 2011. Van Persie scored for Arsenal in the 30th second. Now I was actually funny enough <laughs> at this game. And I went down with two, uh, a couple of us, it was me and my dad and a couple of Arsenal supporting mates. A few beers beforehand. By the time we got to the ground, there was a massive queue to get in. And as we were walking up, we heard a little muffled <laughs> noise. Didn't think what, what was that it. noise? What was <laughs> that noise? <laughs> like, like, like a baby deer. Um, it was a lost cat. <laughs> <laughs> we had this little muffled noise as we were going up the stairs. Didn't think anything of it. Thought it might have been like maybe a free kick or something or a foul. Got to our seats, sat down, 10 minutes in, looked at the scoreboard and realised we were 1-0 down. So, um, Van Persie scores after 30 seconds. We actually did equalise from a free kick, which is a bit of a clue for you. And then Van Persie again scored in the 82nd minute um, to make it 2-1. Steve Bruce was our manager and we wore our light blue Umbro Tombola shirts. So oh, I had that shirt. For the first that was quite time, nice shirt. it was actually mm. it was a lovely. We should wear blue more often, personally. Yeah. So for the first and maybe last time, um, <laughs> as we as we as we play playing away, um, and I will start with Martin first, as it's his game. Martin, can you name any of that first eleven? Right. Well, that that free kick was a cracker, I reckon, from Seb Larson. Yeah. If easy, I, um, easy one. If first. I'm remembering Screamer. the game. Cracker, wasn't it? it was probably probably the best free kick he um he got for a second in a technical sense. It was mm. 
It was about 70 yards out or something, I think. Wasn't there um, a winner a free kick as well? Wasn't there when I was screaming a free kick, Ron? Yeah, Van Van yeah. Persie scored a free kick yeah. for them as well. Oh, so it was two, two yeah. really good free kicks. But Larson for us, I always, I always really like Larson. Um, but one of the things about because I'm sure at one point he was the second or third like is like most free kicks scored in the Premier League, or maybe some there's some stat like that. But I can, I can only ever think of two that he scored for us. One was against Arsenal, and the other was. Blackburn in Blackburn won O'Neal's O'Neal's first, first game. game, wasn't it? Yeah. You got one against Stoke when we beat them 4 yeah. 0 at home. I remember yeah. that's the one I remember, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it was three kids weren't bad, but I really liked him as a player. He scored some really good goals for us. Um, I miss Seb. I, I miss Seb. <laughs> I think we all do. Um right, so Martin's got the first one. Um, so that, that was not... coming towards the end of Bruce's Bruce's reign, I think, wasn't it? Quite possibly. I reckon, Bruce, I reckon Bruce got sacked in the November of that that season. He so, didn't. He didn't last long, did he? I know it was it was, it was before Christmas he got sacked. So it might have been that season. Do you know, what? I, I wouldn't quite remember, but you, you might be right. Um, Niall, do you fancy having a stab at it then? If you can name any of the uh, first eleven. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've, I've just been trying to do it in my head. I think I'm guessing. Well, I'm pretty sure Mignolet would have been in the net. Yeah, Simon Midlay in goal yeah. for us. Um, again, it, we had went for a real good stage of having quality goalkeepers. Um, we had too many of them. You know, even you know, if, you, if you look back to like when we had like the Sorensons, the Pooms, you know, we've you know, Middlesex, Pickfords, we've had really good goalkeepers. And then who did we have two seasons ago? Lee Camp. <laughs> Lee yeah. Camp. Quite possibly <laughs> the worst keeper I've ever seen in my life. He's still letting him in at Birmingham still throwing him in for Birmingham yeah absolute clown no he was but yeah Simon Minnelay in goal we actually bizarrely went to um, we was at a game do you know when we lost 7-2 to Chelsea I'm sure it was Chelsea I'm sure it was that game because we went we went down to me and my dad and there was a bloke on the the tube with us who had literally gone to see Minnelay play and we obviously we we lost he was he was actually from Belgium but he was from his village. That's in Belgium. So he came all over from Belgium to watch Minelay play, and we got stuffed. I'm sure it was a 70. It might be 70. We lost three. <laughs> we, we lose a lot at Chelsea, didn't we? So I've never seen us win there. Um, but yeah, come all the way over, and, and we lost as usual. So um, we've got Simon Minelay. We've got Seb Larson. Bomber, uh, Phil, Phil Bardsley must have been in there, was he? I Phil don't think he would Bardsley have been. Phil Bardsley wasn't. He no. wasn't in there. No. We had oh, someone... So that means, that means I know who was playing right back. It would have been Craig Gardner, wouldn't it? Craig Gardner's on the bench. Gardner was on the bench? Yeah. Craig Gardner was on the bench. Kieran Richardson, left back. Kieran Richardson, left back. One of, and here's actually a massive clue for you. There's one of four players in this team who have scored against the Mags. Ooh. So and he obviously was one of them. We've quite possibly the greatest free kick uh, any of us have ever seen. Callback. Jack Callback. He's uh. also in there. Shall I go and get a drink and you two let's let me know when you finish? <laughs> Sorry, come on, Bomber, come on, throw one in. So I was going to go Mignolet before Niall quite rudely stole it. So I'm going to go for the other obvious one is my hero, Lee Barry Catamol. Lee Barry Catamol, captain of the day. Yes, he was. He Should have scored. Should have scored. He had a header from point blank. I made an unbelievable save. So we've got Catamol. So, so far we've got Minnelay, Richardson, Callback, Catamol, Larson. Darren Bent. No, Darren no, no, Darren Bent whatsoever. On the if there's thing, no Darren Bent, if there's no Darren Bent, then 
another one of my heroes. Old Stefan's got to be in there, surely. Stefan Session up yeah. front, correct. Yeah. yeah. You're doing all right, you like this, actually. I'm struggling now. So he was also one of the um, players who scored against the Mags. You've got one more player in that team who scored against them. And he, he scored on the... He scored, I'll give you a clue. He scored on the Canio's um, three... David Vaughan. David Vaughan. Vaughan. There oh, we go. Yes, Niall. David Vaughan. What a goal I'm scared, Martin. I didn't know I was allowed to answer anymore. Do you want me to whiz through the rest of them? You've only got three. You actually done really well, well actually. I'm quite impressed with you, boys. Wes Brown and John O'Shea. That one bang. of those two must have been in. They were bang, all bang. John O'Shea, yeah. Wes Brown. I don't think you might get, you'll get the other two, actually. Not that, not that there are unknown players, but... I've, I've yeah, got I've a, got one more I've got one more guess because if 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 Larson Vaughan, Colbert, Richardson are in there, I reckon El, Elmer was in there as well. Oh, do you know what? That's the one I thought you weren't going to get. I was going to line oh, them up with the uh, the Egyptian Beckham. Yes, Elmer <laughs> Adams is in there, and then the last one to get it is um, Michael Turner. Oh, of course, and Michael so, Turner. Yeah, forgot he existed. And that's exactly that's those players you just completely forget ever played for something. So was he playing? Was he playing at? Um, where was he? So we were playing with three John O'Shea would have been right back, wouldn't he? Brown he would have, or O'Shea must have been right back. You had, you yeah. see, it was John O'Shea, Michael Turner, Wes Brown, and Kieran Richardson. Unless I had three at the back, and then had Richardson and El Mahamadi as sort of like wing backs. Yeah, it could have been, could have done that. If, if we're playing Arsenal, we'd go defensive, wouldn't we? So yeah, especially away. Yeah, there you go, chap. So I always it, remember Michael Turner for that free kick that um, he took against Liverpool that put. Torres clean through to score. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, yeah, that was funny. Michael that Turner's way. crowning glory in the Sunderland shirt. He was still playing last yeah. season, wasn't he? he? He played against us last season. Yeah, he played against us against, for Southend. South End, was it? Brett, why did you pick a defeat there? Like, what's going on? Because, you know what I mean? <laughs> to, to, to be fair, mate, it's quite hard to find us when we win games. Uh, <laughs> That's true, yeah. yeah. That's true, uh. It's not it's, it's rich pickings for me, is it? Could have just picked a new game, Brett. We win those. Yeah, yeah. But I, I had to pick one from that day, you see. Had I done today, I could have done the Liverpool beach ball game. But, you know, so oh, yeah. I couldn't do it, could yeah. I? But I'm, I'm not doing this twice. So, if you really, really enjoyed playing away... Um, yeah, just let us know. <laughs> you could do it every but single I enjoyed week. it. I enjoyed it. So, well done, Mark. <laughs> yeah, great. Well, well, God, everyone's praying now not for an international break because that means this game's going to get wheeled out every time. Right then. Um, what we have done, though, we did actually um, put another little question out to Twitter um, this week. Obviously, with us being the um, the Wickham Roadshow on Saturday, we want to hear some of your stories from On The Road. And again, the tweets we get are really, really funny. I do really like these tweets we get. So um, the first one was from uh, at Typical Sunderland. Uh, this is one very close to my heart. So grew up in southwest London and now live in Reading. So I try to get to as many away games in the south um, as I can. I get quizzical looks every time I speak to SAFC fans at games and have to tell them my story. Now, obviously, someone with an accent like me um, does not uh, grow up in the North East. Um, and I often get quizzical looks when I hear my accent. And um, there was actually a game, another game at Arsenal, funny enough, and we lost, funny enough, where a guy next to me went absolutely ballistic. Something happened to the pit. I think it was like a foul or someone dived. And all he got was, you effing Cockney this, you cheating Cockney that, Cockney this, Cockney that. For about... 30 seconds. Every word that came out of his mouth was either cockney or swearing. Calmed himself down, looked at me and went, no offence, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's 
yeah, I'm pleased he, he knows the accent. But um, yeah, you do get very strange questions, you know, about about it. Another one actually about accents was from um, Mick Stacey, who's actually um, fellow Exile podcast star John Stacey's dad. My problem was in 1974 in Sunderland, having my then girlfriend stop me going to the bar in town as I was getting the dirty looks, having a different accent, being from Wall's End even though decked in red and white after a home game at Roker Park. Another one that we had here um, was actually been mentioned being, being caught in the home end. Um, it was Andy at Easygoing Malloy. Being caught in the home end once or twice. Uh, Walsall last season with my Walsall supporting father-in-law. Two mags behind us singing Rafa's name. Well, obviously, so, you know, <laughs> they're always in the home end, aren't they? Um, two mags singing Rafa's name for 90 minutes. Um, could not say seated when we equalised sharp exit needed say personally i've done, i've been in the in the home end um away games twice and it's i hate it i hate having to sort of be quiet and and watch what you say um bomber yourself and you've done something down at um nottingham forest didn't you yeah so some, something very similar not so much a shirt but it's a, a lack of well i was wearing sunderland attire anyway so if i can uh, if i can paint the scene a little bit it's the it's the 28th of december 2004 Nottingham Forest versus Sunderland. I travelled down on my own uh, because, unsurprisingly, no one else in Gloucester seems to support Sunderland, certainly none of my friends. So I travel up to Forest, uh, watch the game. Uh, I think it was Stephen Elliott put us 1-0 up, and then I think it was Andy Reid equalised. So it was one all. Uh, so just to set a bit of the scene as well, I'm sat in the Brian Clough stand, so I couldn't get an away ticket. So in the Brian Clough stand, with all the diehard uh, Forest fans, they were shouting abuse at the likes of Liam Lawrence and Julio, you know, just constant abuse for the whole 90 minutes. As you might imagine, 28th of December, it's absolutely freezing cold and I've got a Sunderland coat on. All right. So, yeah, yeah so I'm getting looks, I'm getting comments. I can hear murmurs behind me of people going to fill me in, etc. So I take my coat off in the hope that it's going to save me a little bit. Now, it's December the 28th. It's absolutely freezing cold. It was like minus four, minus five. Um, and I've just got a T-shirt on underneath. So I'm sat in the Brian Clough stand in just a T-shirt, catching mild hypothermia, trying to remain as neutral as I possibly can, or at least not give the game away too much. The steward comes up to me, sees me absolutely freezing, blue in the face. He's like, are you all right, mate? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No problem, no problem. You've got a coat there. Why don't you put it on? And I had to like, just flick it up, show him the Sunderland badge. And he went, ah, ah, okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> c- come and see me after the game, when, after the final whistle. So I was like, right, okay. So we went and stood down by the by the pitch side. And those of you who do remember that game will remember Marcus Stewart coming on in the 90th minute and Marcus Stewart scoring the winner in like the 92nd minute. And just as all the Brian Clough stand was sat down bemoaning, I couldn't help but sh- jump up and shout, yeah, come on, get in. <laughs> well, in which case, thousands and thousands of people immediately turning to me. I pretty much shit my pants and went straight to the steward before the game had even finished. And I was like can you help me out here? And he actually guided me out through the uh, through the concourse and back out before the game had finished. And I basically had to just run to my car, get in the car <laughs> and, uh, and make a couple of hours trip back home to Gloucester. Um, so yeah, just couldn't contain myself, but it was absolutely freezing. That's, there's two things I remember from that game is being absolutely freezing and that Marcus Stewart goal and celebrating it with everyone else just sat down, just staring at me. It was, it was, Horrible. I remember, that game. I remember that game. It was horrendous traffic. We, we came down from the northeast. For it. it was horrendous traffic. We got there at half time, and we were like, oh, crap, we missed half the game. And that, that Marcus Stewart goal at the end, that was made it all, all worthwhile being for. That was class that way. 
Yeah, I went crazy, but it was a very bad idea. I was in the away end. It was all right. <laughs> <laughs> Took them all on. Um, <laughs> Niall, I believe you've got a story from your Twitter, actually. Um, a story about a salt shaker. Yeah, yeah. I, I quite enjoyed this, actually. I, I had a little giggle at this. Someone called uh, Connor Gardner on Twitter. He tweeted saying, got locked up in Liverpool in 2009-2010 for stealing a salt shaker from a chippy down there like when I was smashed on cheap vodka. Let me out for the coach home, like, because I was an emotional mess. Don't mix your drink, kids, especially underage. So that's what he said. So obviously, I wanted to know a little bit more about the situation. So I then tweeted him back saying, um, like, was it was it a nice salt shaker? Like, there must be a reason he's went out his way to steal the salt shaker, which I then got more of the story. So he then says, Bob Standard, white foam plastic shite. Right, um, but he said, "Thought I was hilarious running out with it in the air, throwing it at my mate, shouting, you being assaulted." <laughs> now, <laughs> now, I found that really funny, and it, it's really immature and probably not that funny. But I was, I was beside myself laughing at that thing. <laughs> um, and then he said, until he was pummeled to the ground by police, and he still gets an- anxious when he sees Anfield on the telly, but. I mean, you know, we've all been daft and we've all been, you know, out with our mates and stuff. And we've all, I mean, I've, I've never personally stolen a salt shaker, but I mean, I've done other daft things, but that that's tremendous. I mean, I'm, it's great effort. I'm, yeah, I, I appreciate that story. It was a very nice tweet. It's, that was a fantastic tweet. Anybody getting arrested for stealing something in Liverpool? There's some sort of joke I'm, I could go down there. I'm not going to do it. So, um, we've, got, we've got one more um, tweet, actually. This is also from Andy uh, at Easy Go Malloy. Um, and he just had one where he was at Birmingham away under Bruce, lost 2-1, um, then, that which then kick-started 11 games without a win. We went down on my birthday and accidentally stumbled into one of the pubs that Birmingham fans advised us not to go in. Got chance to a bloke outside who seemingly granted us a- um, access. Eight Sunderland fans in a sea of blue fans. Either the bloke was well respected or the Brum fans were taking the piss. Now, there's always something you've got to be quite careful about. Like going away games is sort of finding out what what the pubs you can and can't get into. I know when again, I, I, whenever we used to play Spurs, I used to do the home and away legs with a couple of mates of mine. Like we say, we'd and going down, going up to Sunderland, they used to, used to love coming up to Sunderland because you could, like, as away fans, can drink in pretty much any pubs. Everyone's, as long as you don't take the piss and you're not being, like, singing stuff and you're being daft sort of thing, the, like, the Sunderland fans are quite welcoming and, like, friendly and, you know, they, they never have any issues whatsoever. But going down to Spurs, you can't drink anywhere near the ground. Um, now, obviously, that's like, I'm going over, like, the cup like with them anyway so they've got spur shirts on so we can go in the pubs no problem i obviously can talk anyway it doesn't matter about mine like my dad will just sort of keep his mouth sort of quiet and we no problem we can have a beer but one day one of the lads wanted to go to another pub to meet some mates oh yeah you'll love these lads don't you know good guy sort of thing come with us so we went into like deep in like the heart of spurs territory and this pub was a shithole it was the biggest dive you've ever seen but it was full of i can only describe them as geezers like literally wall-to-wall tottenham geezers now my mate's pretty he's quite big he's like six foot four and about 18 stone he's a big lad but it was sound but it was actually gav bale's last game so we're out in the beer garden and again you're, you're so tight you're holding your you know your, your point to your chest because you're so tight sort of thing 
and he's chatting to his mates and all of a sudden he puts his arm around my dad and goes, you know this guy here, you know Trev, he's a proper Mackham, proper Mackham is Trev. And we're thinking, Clive, shut the up, because you're going to get killed here. I've never drunk a pint so like, I mean, don't like that. Let's just go. And we were gone. That that split second, you see, they went like almost like a Wild West film where the whole <laughs> pub turns around and stares at you. It was very, very uncomfortable. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, thanks again for your stories from um, Twitter. They're always good fun reading those. Um, one thing we did ask as well, though, was for some um, Exile Branch news. Mm. And the Thames Valley Mackhams have got in touch with me. Um, they're at TV Mackhams. Now, they've got their first meetup in sh- for the Shrewsbury game. Um, and they're actually looking for some advice and some from help. So they need a good pub to meet up with. Um, like meet up all the other lads. So um, any good pubs for a meet-up for the TV Mackhams, uh, Thames Valley Mackhams. A few suggestions have been thrown out for them. It's the Station Hotel and um, Admiral Benbow. But, yeah, anyone else can help them uh, at TV Mackhams. And one of the things I actually might be meeting because he's actually obviously in my area, the Thames Valley, so I might meet up with the guys at the Oxford game. Um, and that's always one good thing about, I say, was like Sunderland fans being so friendly. Bomb, I know you had a bit of a story. Um, is it the one of the Wembley games? Was it the playoff final? Yeah, so it was the playoff final. Yeah, so I know our our fans, well, certain sections of our fans are taking a bit of a kick in. You know, this story is basically testament to how brilliant Sunderland fans are. So playoff final. On my way down to Wembley, obviously pretty much the only guy going down to um, to London, or not to London, but certainly to Wembley to support Sunderland. Um, so I get on the uh, the six o'clock bus, National Express, down to London, and um, going down on my own. And I was like, well, you know, I'm on my own. I'll, I'll have a good day. I'll, you know, I might have a pint somewhere, watch the game, have a have a pint somewhere else and then and then head back and as i was going down on the journey i was like oh do you know what sorry i'll put i'll put something out on twitter so i'll, I'll put something out on twitter and it got um got a bit of traction basically said does it are there any sunderland fans in going to wembley today who want to adopt a southerner and there's something along the lines of you know pros of me tagging along is i'll buy me around cons of me tagging along is a, i sound like a farmer and you have to put up with my dodgy accent. And it got quite a bit of traction. I think Roka Rapport retweeted it. And a couple of other people retweeted it. Um, and actually had a couple of offers through. In the end, I had one uh, one person DM me and say, oh, I bomber, uh, you know, if, you, if you're getting in at around about half 11, 12 o'clock, me and my mate, we're going to be in, in uh, Covent Garden. We're going to be in the Shakespeare's Head in Covent Garden. Um, feel free to come down. And, uh, and have a beer with us. So I was like, oh, do you know what? Yeah, okay, same. So I got off the got off the uh, got off the bus, went straight to the tube station, got the tube to to Covent Garden, got on my phone, obviously Google mapped uh, how to get to Shakespeare's Head, went in there, and lo and behold, two fellas there, Martin and Steve, were there. Went over, introduced myself. I said, oh, are you Martin and Steve? Yeah, you bomber. Yeah, all right, same. What can I get you? Sat down, had a few drinks with them, went to the game with them, a few uh, a few tube cans, and then. We obviously had different seats, so I went off, watched the game, met back up with them on Wembley Way, and went and had another two or three um, hours worth of drinking with them at, at the end of the game to to drown our sorrows. And I, I, for me, that made that experience a million times better. So I'll, I'll be grateful to them, although the result wasn't great. Uh, so Martin and Steve, thank you very much. And yeah, top blokes they were. It was a good, a great day, irrespective of the result. That's great to hear. Um, and that's what I say: the Sunderland fans are the very best. So yeah, it's good, good, good story. Good story there, Bomber. But that that is us. 
then for um, another Exiles pod. So, you know, really just to wrap up, if you enjoyed our fantastic new game, hashtag playing away, um, use that. Let us know what you thought of it. If you hated it, it was all Martin's idea. Um, <laughs> but no, guys, thank you, Bomber. Thank you, Niall. Thank you, Martin. Um, hey pleasure. Make sure everyone comes to party with the exile a lot on Saturday. Yeah. That's it. Well, come, yeah, exactly. Come join me, Bomber, Niall, you know, and say the rest They're of the lads are going. very jealous I'm missing out on that one. Um, yeah, but apparently <laughs> Martin can't go. Apparently it's too long a trip. It's a disgrace, um, Martin, to be fair, that you're not going to from Australia. Disgusting. Part-timer. Terrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you very much. We're going to have a great day Saturday, um, especially when we win 4-0, because now that Niall's pumped us all up. Yeah, um, come on, Parky's Army. Parky's Army. Take care <laughs> of yourselves and Hawaii, the lads. Cheers, guys. Cheers, thank you. What's I go for my shit start? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. He no, needs to keep that in. He yeah. needs to keep that in. Like, yeah. I'll be good if he oh, edits that out. I'll yeah. get some recordings. I'll get some recordings so he can Colchester, do it. So. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and, then re-record, and then try to redo it and went for Colchester again. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, I hope he keeps that in. I mean, he'll keep that's yeah. part of the beauty, isn't it? He'll, he'll keep it in, he'll keep this bit in because he's an arsehole. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm turning it off. Uh, <laughs> all right. All right. All right. See, see you later, guys. guys. Cheers, boys. See you Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.